St. Paul instructs St. Timothy, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Upper Room Media presents this Teen Matters talk, praying that it will firmly establish these virtues in the future of our church. On the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. It's always a blessing to be praying with you guys, and I'm really excited to be here today. Um, you know, um, throughout history, there's always been um, risks or problems with tunnel vision. In a team, if someone doesn't get told the whole big picture and they get told to do certain things, to them, the studies have found it becomes a meaningless task. They don't know which piece of the big puzzle they are, and so they just don't understand. Why are you putting this cap on? I have no idea. Then, you know, the right hand doesn't know what the left is doing. Even in history, if you look at modern history, um, it's created wars, lack of knowledge, lack of information. If you look at like World War Two and America's involvement, you know, there was, despite so many spies telling the American officials and governments, you know, Pearl Harbor is very likely to be a target um, by the Japanese, they, um, they still decided not to share that, some of that information, thinking that, you know, the Philippines are going to be, I went to Pearl Harbor recently, um, thinking that, um, that, you know, um, the Philippines were going to be a, a better site or whatever, if there was going to be an attack. And as a result of that, Pearl Harbor was absolutely um, attacked and thousands of people died. Why? Because of lack of information. And so in the gospel today, the very first few words, it says on the following day. And the people here were very confused because they were confused because what is it talking about? What happened the day before? What we read today was that the people came to the sea um, of, of Tiberias and they found that Jesus was no longer there. They were confused. They didn't have all the information. They didn't seek the information. And what actually happened was the day before in John chapter 6, John chapter 6 is a beautiful chapter. It's one of my favorite chapters. But John chapter 6 is full of drama, action, promises. It's a beautiful chapter. I really recommend you read the whole chapter. It really, and, and the whole book of John is beautiful, of course, as are all the books of the Bible. But John chapter 6 in particular is jam-packed with so many amazing things. And what had happened the day before the reading that we had today was Jesus feeding um, the, the, um, the multitudes. There were about 15,000, 20,000 people. And Jesus fed them with five loaves and two fish, as we know. Great miracle, great sign that shows his divinity, shows, his, shows him as a creator. And then there were 12 baskets of leftover fragments, as you know the story. And then what was about to happen was the people thought, oh my goodness, this guy is awesome. He is our Messiah. We are going to make him our earthly king. And it says um, that Jesus immediately... When he realizes this and sees this, he tells his disciples, go into the boat. And he immediately retreats on his own in seclusion in prayer. Why? To run away from this misguided understanding that he's an earthly king. He's going to save us from the Romans. And so then what happened after that is at night time, when everyone had already gone to sleep um, in the gospel of Mark. We hear um, that the disciples went into the boat 
and they were, because Jesus had told them to. And as they were going along, it actually says that um, where are we? It says so they got into the boat and they went over to the Sea of Capernaum, and it was dark, and Jesus had not come to them. So they were alone. It was dark. They were rowing. And it says that the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they say that in that lake or the sea of, um, of Tiberias or in, in Capernaum there, by three or four miles, that gets you into the middle of where that body of water is, which means when the wind is blowing, it is at its worst in the middle of the sea. And so the boat was right in the worst of the boisterous waters and the disciples were afraid and they were scared and they were worried. And in fact, it says in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus came walking on water in the fourth watch and he saw them straining at rowing for the wind was against them. So in amidst their struggle, in amidst their problems, in amidst this deep raging sea, and that's where we get the hymn in the middle of the raging sea. It's a very beautiful hymn. In the middle of all these problems, that and the worst time is when Jesus came. That is when he came seeing them while they were rowing. It's important to note that, that, that St. Mark says that they were rowing when Jesus found them. They weren't sitting there saying, I'm stuffed. I'm in trouble. I can't do anything. They weren't sitting there. They felt helpless. They felt hopeless, but they still did their part. Many times in our own life, we feel like we're drowning in certain sins. We're struggling with certain temptations or struggling with certain certain habits or, or, or whatever or, or you know influences that, that may be in our lives. But the church today is reminding us and early on in the year too that guys make this year think big. Your God is powerful. Your father in heaven is a great, great God. Sometimes we really downplay that. Sometimes we don't, we don't take advantage of it. St. John Chrysostom says, do you know when we pray and we only ask about, you know, very many, like trivial things, you're not saying don't ask about those things because God wants you to talk to him about the big and small things in your life. Everything is important to him. But sometimes we underestimate the power of who our God is. St. John Chrysostom says, it's like going to a king and the king says to his servant, I'll give you anything you want. Name it. It's my kingdom. I'll give it to you. I have authority. And the servant thinks long and hard and then asks for a little bit of manure. And St. John Chrysostom says, what the heck is wrong with this servant? Why are you asking for such trivialities when you have access to the King of Kings, the God of Gods, and he's telling you, ask and you'll receive. Later on in the chapter of John, um, in the next couple of verses, Jesus continues talking about how he's the bread of life. And he says, all who come to me are by no means cast out. Come to me, ask me anything, I'll give it to you. It's very special. It's very beautiful. And we forget this. And the devil many times tricks us, lies to us, deceives us into thinking that, oh, what you've done is too bad. God won't listen to you. How can you possibly pray after doing this terrible, disgusting, filthy thing? And that today the church is telling you couldn't be further from the truth. If you think tunnel vision, if you get confused like the majority of people in society out there going, oh, how did you get here? Where did you, how did you come here, Jesus? We saw you leave on your own. There was no other boats there. How did you get there? And they don't think of the big picture. You get confused and mixed up and, and lose that benefit that you have. 
you are inheritors of the greatest of greatest of kings. And God is saying, and then, I mean, when, when they see him walking on water, it says that they're afraid. Of course they're afraid. When have you ever seen anyone walking on water in the midst of a raging sea? So they're terrified. And then the Lord says to them, he says, it says in, in, um, in John, it says, but he said to them, it is I do not be afraid. The actual literal translation is, be not afraid, I am. In actual Greek, if you translate it word for word in English, he says, don't be afraid, I am. And you think, what on earth does that mean? It's not, it doesn't even grammatically make sense. But the Greek word ego in me is the same Greek word I am that Jesus said, that God said to Moses when, um, in, um, in Exodus at the burning bush, when Moses says to him, who should I say sent me? And his response is ego and me, I am. It's the same I am, the same power that, um, that, that Jesus said to, um, in John chapter 8 to the um, scribes and Pharisees when he says, before Abraham was, I am, ego and me. It's the same I am that he said to the Samaritan woman at the well, St. Fatini, when he said, the person who is speaking to you, I am. I am, the only person that can say I am is God. He's saying, I am the creator. I am God. I am your father. Ask of me and I will give you. But seek me first and be with me. So if you are struggling with anything today, if you are feeling like, you know, this year is not off to a great start, or I haven't been praying, or I haven't been speaking to God, or my spiritual life is a bit, you know, through a bit of a slump or turbulence, Today, the church is reminding you that your God is a powerful God. He is God of the impossible. You know, and, and, and the thing is, don't ever think that there's never, you know, what I'm saying is never good enough or God isn't listening or sharing with me. I'll share with you a story. Yesterday, um, I was, I had to go um, and, and do a service interstate and it was a very peculiar one that I was asked to do. I had to go and come back in the same day. All right, very bizarre. And, and you think, man, I'm only going to be there for a couple of hours and I have to go on a, a plane. It's weird having plane going and coming on the same day. Like you check into both within five minutes because they're both within 24 hours of checking in, but um, of departure. But, but as I was going, of course, I'm going there and I'm thinking, man, I've only got four or five hours to do what I have to do here um, as part of the service. And so I'm wanting to be very efficient. I'm a bit OCD, so I'm very efficient kind of, efficiency is very important to me. So, you know, I get there early to the airport, checked in already, I've got no bags, I'm coming back in three hours anyway. And so I'm there and we get on the plane, soon, you know, one of the first people on the plane, and then we sit on the plane and we're waiting for this lovely plane to take off. And we're waiting and we're waiting and I'm waiting for them to say, you know, the doors are, you know, you know, they say, you know, cabin doors are closed or whatever, cross check, whatever. And so ready to go. And so the captain doesn't say that. Instead, the captain comes up half an hour late after we're all sitting and the plane hasn't moved. And he says, oh, we've got technical difficulties as an engineer that's going to come on board and we're going to fix it. Another 20 minutes pass. And I'm thinking, man, now my four hours have gone down to two and a half hours. What am I going to do now? And so he says, oh, um, we all have to go back to the terminal, you're going to get off this plane because it's not working, we're going to get on another plane, we'll let you know when that's going to happen. And I'm thinking, what a waste of a day. I'm going to cancel, forget this, God doesn't want this to happen. And as I'm about to you know, cancel my flight and see how insurance is going to sort everything out, the captain gets on again and he says, engineers, come on board, fix the plane, we're ready to go. 20 minutes later, the plane finally takes off. 
I land and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to hit the ground running. I got my Uber, you know, started to look up the Uber, whatever. And for the first time in my life, the place where I need to go, which wasn't that far, on Uber, the app, it cost like $170 to get there. And I thought, what the heck is this? I'm not paying $170 to get to it. I'm going to go catch a taxi, which I haven't done in a while. So I went in a taxi stand. I'm thinking, man, I, I need to get there. Like, I need to do what I need to do and come back quickly because I've got another plane to catch. Finally, I get into the cab. It's my turn. Lady looks at me. She goes, where are you going, father? I told her where I'm going. Sat down, it was a 15 minute drive. Definitely not $170 worth. But anyway, sat down and she go, and five minutes into the, the drive, she says to me, father, I want to get baptized. I said to her, what? What are you talking about? Who are you? What's your story? Like I've never seen this lady before in my life. She said, I want to get baptized. And I said, tell me what's going on. And she said, um, I've been trying to get baptized. I've gone to this church or these different churches, not a Coptic church. And I was told you, I can't get baptized for whatever reason. And I said to her, tell me what was the reason that they told you? And she told me. And I said to her, well, have you considered the Coptic church? I'm a Coptic priest. She said, no, what's that? And so I spoke to the Coptic church. And she said, so are you saying I can actually get baptized? I said, absolutely. There's a priest here. There's a church here. I'll give you his details. And so she... She, it just, she, took his, she took his details, she called him within five minutes and organized a time to see him and very shortly she's going to get baptized. And at that moment I thought, I looked up at God and I said, now I know why you made everything else happen the way that it was. Who cares about this other service? This was the real service that you, that you needed us to be here for. Because this lady, she was actually telling me she'd been praying for months and months trying to get baptized and found no means. And so God was listening to her prayers. God was answering her prayers, delayed planes, made Ubers super expensive because he knew that I don't like spending anything more than I have to um, on things. But, um, and so, and, and, and worked it out in such a way as, a, as the maestro, as the God of the impossible, to save this lady's life. This lady's in her like mid-60s. And so I found it incredible that God cares even about the smallest and most trivial of things. He he, he moves the whole world and everything around it just to save you. He will move heaven and earth for you. There are so many stories, so many beautiful examples of how God continues to change things for us. All we need to do is tap into him. All we need to do is say, God, I choose you. I want you. Help me throughout this struggle that I have, whatever the problem may be. And there are so, so many stories of people who thought it would be impossible to, to get out of this rut that I'm in. And yet with God, with his blessing, with his grace, asking him for help, ask and you will receive. And God will give you exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or imagine. Whatever you do, don't ever forget your God is God of the impossible. He can save you from anything and everything. You just need to ask him, get into the habit of living with him, spending time with him. And may 2024 be the year that I spend the most time I've ever spent with God. May it be the time that I, that I talk and confess the most I've ever confessed in my life, that I've read the Bible more than I've read in the, in, in the past, that I've had communion more times than I've ever had in my life. Let this year be the year that I dedicate to God and really spend time with Him. We have Jonah's fast around the corner. We have Lent around the corner. If you want to enjoy Lent, if you want to enjoy Passion Week, start thinking big picture. Start from now. Don't let Preparation Week be just one week. We can start Preparation Week now. I know it's not a very common, I'm not saying fast from now, but I'm certainly saying fast in your actions. Don't fast from food, that'll come later. 
But fast in your actions and your behaviors from now. Start to pray a little bit more now. Start to read your Bible a bit more now. Start to spend that time with God throughout the day now. It could only be two or three minutes more than you normally do. But that is the first stepping stone that will get you into that big picture so that really you experience God in ways that you've never experienced Him before and taste and see how beautiful He is. And glory be to God forevermore. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.